I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. Welcome to the library, Wanderer. Our rules are three. Respect your fellow patrons. Do not damage the library. Return your books on time. You'll need a card to check out, of course. See the front desk for that. It should be just under a week's journey from here. You'll have to give the archivist your true name, but don't worry. We'll keep it under the strictest levels of security. Oh, and stay away from locked doors. There are places here where even we will not protect you. We would like to extend a special thanks to our associate producers, Dr. Theron Sherman, Sogapul, Adrian, Ethan Childers, Uncertainty Crossing, Angie Oriana, Cameron Schaus, Lisa Person, and Salem. What you are hearing is the result of their generous support. Now please, sit back and enjoy The Journal of Aphromos Long Journey. Sky Day, 22nd Cycle. Seventh year, 81st turn. 68th day in the trees. Suja has left. We searched and called to her for an hour, but there was no sign of her. We knew we had to go. When I knew that she had left, I felt something strange. I had expected to feel sad. I had expected to feel lonely. And I do. I feel both of those things. But I feel something else much stronger. Pride. Suja, whom I kept safe in my hands, is now strong. She has now become a huntress and will find her own way. I do not need to worry for her any longer. I believe that she will be fine. She will thrive. And perhaps she will find others of her kind and become a mother in time, like the one I so wrongly killed. I remember when she was a baby and could fit so easily in my hand. I remember the first rat she brought me. I remember how she would wrestle with my hand and bite my fingers. I remember so many things about her. I will miss her. Caring for her was difficult, but it made me happy. I enjoyed hearing her purring next to my head while she slept. I enjoyed her rubbing against my hand. I enjoyed watching her explore the forests around us. But it is best for her that she finds her own way. I cannot be too sad, knowing that she goes where she was meant to be. Water on your journey, Suja. Stars to guide your steps. Beer Day, 
22nd cycle, 7th year, 81st turn, 70th day in the trees. I am almost entirely female now. I do not think I will grow anymore. My hips are wide enough to pass eggs. My scales are the colour of bronze. My insides no longer feel wrong. Different, but not unsettled as they did. I feel more balanced than I have since I began this journey. I do not know if I will make it home, but I will survive. We came to another river as we walked today. It was wide and moved slowly. There were fish in the water, which we considered catching for our dinner. In the end, in the end, we decided it would be better to seek our dinner elsewhere. We didn't want to eat something that lived so close to the bridge nearby. Bridges should not be made from bones. The bones were of all different sizes. Some seemed to come from creatures larger than myself. Others seemed to come from field mice. There were a number of skulls set in it. They formed an arched bridge over the water. Most were solidly connected by some unknown grey material. Others were tied to the bridge by some sort of string or twine and swung in the breeze. Such bridges were a common sight at that time, as the powery population boomed before being balanced by a resurgence of giants. We did not venture too close. Instead, we swam to the other side. We walked quickly away from the bridge. I do not wish to think about the sort of people who would make such a bridge. I hope we do not meet them. At least we saw a more pleasant sight this afternoon. We were in this sort of forest with little underbrush, but many plants growing in the hollows of the trees. I saw a moving flash of colour and a bird light on a branch not too far from me. It was beautiful, with blue and green feathers and a long, colourful tail. Most likely a male quetzal, probably of the Pharaomacris genus. It stared back at me for a moment, and then it was gone. Such a strange forest. Skull Day, 22nd cycle, 7th year, 81st turn. 71st day in the trees. We are in a dark part of the woods today. The trees above us grow close together, their branches intertwining to form a dense roof. The travellers found themselves in a triple canopy rainforest from the sound of it. Occasionally, glints of light from up above prove it is day. But I have to use my lamp to see. Occasionally, small creatures will move near our feet, too quickly for us to see just what they are. There are sounds from beyond the reach of the light. Things not as large as torn, but larger than a rabbit. They seem to be keeping their distance for now. They are probably curious. Still, it is disquieting to hear these things, but not to see them. Even with the light from the lantern, there is little I can tell about our surroundings. It's like being in a cave or an unlit building. The trees around us are covered by a thick, leprous-seeming fungus. Ropey white strings fall from the trees like hairs. Mushrooms of all kinds are evident. The clawing smell of rotting leaves is almost overwhelming. Long, worm-like creatures occasionally move through the leaf litter. I thought they were snakes the first time I saw them, but they are covered in a thick slime 
and far too flexible to be serpents. Their bodies are long and black, with small white feelers at one end. One coiled around Torn's ankle, and he nearly fell over trying to get it off. Numworms, Potascus torpius, a small but very dangerous creature that prefers to live in damp caves and particularly dense stretches of forest. The slime numbed his skin, and it was an hour before he had full feeling in that foot again. His trousers are now tucked into his boots. Fortunately, my scales seem to provide some defence against them. That, or perhaps I am not susceptible to their poison. We are sleeping in a hollow formed by two trees that fell against each other. We cleared the ground of leaves and set up our camp. We will both be watching carefully tonight. There's no telling what might find us here. Erev Day, 22nd cycle, 7th year, 81st turn, 72nd day in the trees. We remain in the darkness. It is a strange place. I begin to see better in the dark, as does Torn, though we still need the lamp. But we now see things further from it. There are strange creatures in this dark environment. Today, we saw something very pale moving through the gloom. It was only a faint white smudge on the edge of our vision at first, but gradually came into view. It moved on four legs and had sparse, near-transparent hair on bone-white skin. Its legs each ended on large, thick feet, with long toes ending in small claws. Its ears were wonders to behold, twice the size of its head, and ribbed to support their own weight. Little tendrils grew from its nose, and when it touched nose to earth, they twisted about as though searching. There were no eyes in its head, nor was there any place to put them. Where sockets should have been, there was only blank skin. When it neared us, its head shot up suddenly, and it gave a series of warbling yips, cocking its ears as it did so. It turned to face us directly and then ran off, releasing a cloud of dust from the decaying leaves. We heard another series of yips a bit later from much further away, though I cannot be certain that it was the same one. I do not recognize the species, but it seems to have some sort of echolocation, some relative of the bat perhaps, or a land-dwelling cetacean. There are spiders here too. They are not so large as a tarantula in body size, but their legs are much longer, stretching as wide as my two hands together. They are grey in colour, like dust. Their webs are odd. Instead of stretching between two places, they dangle like veils from the branches. Again, not a species I'm familiar with. Their webs remind me of certain species of fly larvae that capture prey using strands of silk suspended from the ceilings of caves. It would be sure to move terribly in the wind, except except that there is no wind now. There is not so much as a breeze. The air is still and dead in this place. Strange. I cannot remember just when the wind stopped. I'm sure there was wind when we last saw sky, but I cannot remember when it stopped blowing around us. Crow Day, 
22nd cycle, 7th year, 81st turn, 74th day in the trees. Three days in this place. It begins to grow wearisome. This place is like a tomb, a place where old ghosts linger. There are few things to eat, and most of it is unpalatable. The fungus feeds on the rotting leaves, the small worms feed on the fungus, larger worms feed on the smaller worms, flying, stilling, creshly feed on the large worms, and the spiders feed on the creshly. There are larger creatures, like the eyeless thing we saw, but most of them remain far from us. But these are small things, minor dangers. We've learned that there are worse things in these woods. I sometimes forget that Torn knows more about the dangers of these woods than I. Despite his sometimes cavalier attitude, he saved me once again today. We had been walking for many hours when we came across a group of trees. Even in the dim light, we could see something was unusual about them. For one thing, they grew straight, like nails driven upward out of the ground. For another, they were small, stunted things with few leaves or branches. They seemed as though they had been damaged somehow, perhaps by disease, or merely by the absence of light. There were very few young trees in this part of the forest. I was about to take a closer look, but Torn advised caution. There was something about the trees that he did not like. Stay back from the trees, take care. There's more than your eye sees, beware. Staying well away from the closest of the strange trees, he took a stick and knocked one of the larger worms into the midst of them. It landed with a wet thump, muffled slightly by the ever-present leaf litter. The closest tree split lengthways along its middle, and a long, thick, pink tongue shot out, hitting the worm with such force that the leaves around it flew up in a cloud. The tongue immediately retracted back into the tree, the worm stuck to its tip. Some sort of animal, clearly. Obviously, an ambush predator of some sort, waiting for prey to get close enough to catch with those tongues. I wonder if the tree trunks are part of the animal, something the animal builds around itself, or perhaps something that forms naturally, that the animal takes advantage of. And are they completely immobile? Presumably, if the trunks are part of the creature, they are rooted in the ground, as though they were truly trees. Yes, the trunk itself must be well anchored to the ground to compensate for the force of the tongue. Otherwise, it would tip over each time. I wasn't sure that it could actually lift something of my size, but I really did not want to experiment. I noticed the way the path wound between them, but never passed near any of them. Experimenting with more worms, we discovered that none of these trees, if trees they were, could quite reach the path. Carefully, keeping as close to the middle of the path as possible, we walked through them. We held each other, in case the trees should take one of us, that the weight of the other might dissuade it. Occasionally one would snap, the tongue coming within a foot of us. Once, it startled me so that I jumped to the right and was nearly hit by a second tongue from the tree on that side. We did not move again for several minutes, hardly daring to breathe. When we were at last through, my heart felt as though it had been held tightly by some invisible fist and then suddenly released. I almost collapsed. 
we decided to go a little further and then rest. Once we could no longer hear the tongue slapping into the ground, we stopped, feeling drained. Thank you for listening. The Journal of Aframos Long Journey is written by Dr. Everett Mann. You can browse Dr. Mann's articles and the other works of the library at wanderers-library.wikidot.com. This production is possible in large part because of our sponsors. John Beatty, Yesenia, Crowcat, Rounder House, Lan2D, and John Winfield. Check the description to find out how to support this channel and future projects like this. This production and content relating to the Wanderers Library is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 and all concepts originate from the Wanderers Library wiki and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.